What's going on, guys? Welcome to another Lifting Nerds, <laughs> Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Emsley, and today I'm going to be talking about junk volume, what exactly it is, um, how to avoid it, um, just some ways to go about it. So let's get to right into it. So before I talk about junk volume, we have to talk about volume itself. Um, so volume is essentially the amount of total mechanical uh, work. Um, so like force times distance done during a rep, a set, um, exercise session, uh, mesocycle, all of that is going to be considered volume. The simplest way of um, understanding volume or utilizing volume or measuring volume is to do sets per session per muscle group or sets per week per muscle group. Um, so that's how I like to program for my clients. Um, so when it comes to junk volume, um, the reason um, it's called junk <laughs> is because it adds fatigue, but it doesn't actually contribute to much muscle growth. Um, so it's not a very effective way, especially if you're trying to gain a lot of muscle. Um, so this volume usually comes from in or, uh, usually comes from not having sufficient uh, load uh, training effort effort or not being specific to muscle hypertrophy. Um, so when it comes to insufficient load, um, if you're performing more than 30 repetitions on each set, um, it's those repetitions aren't going to be producing a lot of uh, stimulation to your muscles. Um, they're not going to be uh, as overloading as like the repetitions below that. So if you, yeah, like even if you take those sets till failure, you're still going to have like 30, 40, or even 50 repetitions that aren't very close to failure. So that aren't very, uh, stimulating. Um, so we want to make sure that when we are working out that we're using loads that are, is greater than 30% of your one repetition max. Um, cause if you're using anything below that, um, the training itself isn't going to be fun either. Cause <laughs> I'm sure you, if you guys have tried doing more than 30 repetitions on a movement it it turns into more of a cardiovascular exercise rather than actually stimulating growth. Um, so it's just not an effective way to train. It's not an effective way to overload, uh, those muscle groups. Um, so that's number one. Number two, it's going to be inefficient, um, at uh, creating or like utilizing enough effort. Like if you're um, with junk volume, if you're not training hard enough um, during that set, you're gonna be having a lot of junk repetitions. Um, so for example, uh, when we are training, if we are leaving more than five repetitions in the tank, um, so there's different ways to rate uh, your effort. So there's uh, what is called as RPE, so rate of perceived exertion. So it's a scale on of one to 10. 10 is maximal effort. You couldn't have done any more repetitions. Nine is pretty maximal, but uh, you could have done possibly one more repetition if you want to complete failure. Eight would have, eight is uh, two repetitions that you could have done if you went to complete failure. Um, so that's just kind of like the RPE scale. Rate, um, reps in reserve is just kind of the inverse. So two repetitions in reserve. Um, so when you finish that set, you could have possibly done two more repetitions if you hit a complete failure with it. Um, so we want to make sure when we are training that we're training is at a higher RPE than five or at a lower RIR of five. Um, so you shouldn't have no more than five repetitions in the tank with any of your movements or you're going to get a lot of that junk volume. 
Um, so it's very common um, that with heavy loads to have less junk volume just because you're already closer to failure. Say, for example, when you're comparing doing sets of eight compared to doing sets of 40, uh, when you're doing sets of eight, um, just starting off, you're already probably about eight or 10 reps shy of failure. Whereas if you're doing 40 reps, um, you're going to be probably about 40, probably 45 reps shy of failure when you're starting off. Um, so there's a large gap there. So that's why when we are training, we're trying to train, um, especially if we're trying to optimize muscle hypertrophy, we're trying to train between five all the way to 30. Um, if you're going past 30, it's not going to be very effective. If you're going under five, it can still work for muscle hypertrophy, but you do have to do a lot more sets and it does accumulate a lot more fatigue. Um, so that like stimulus to fatigue ratio isn't that great for muscle hypertrophy from that standpoint. Um, but muscle, um, so there's another thing too with volume. If you have too much volume, if you're doing way too many exercises per session or if you're doing way too many sets, um, this can also create a lot of junk volume as you're not going to be able to train as hard um, for those later um, exercises in that session because um, you're going to have a lot more fatigue build up. You're going to um, you probably use a lot of your resources already, a lot of your muscle glycogen. Um, so you're not going to be able to just push as hard either, um, which you're not going to be able to lift as much weight. You're not going to be able to stimulate the muscles as much. So it's just creating a lot of junk volume, a lot of not needed volume that just accumulates a lot of fatigue, but doesn't really do anything for muscle growth. Um, so that's why we want to stay away from that kind of, um, from doing excessive amounts of volume. Um, so number three is not being specific with your training when it comes to muscle hypertrophy. Uh, so for example, say if you're doing like um, uh, being in a push-up position in like a plank position, I actually got this from the um, from the scientific principles of muscle hypertrophy book that I actually have right beside me. Um, so if you're in a push-up position and you're just focusing on contracting your chest as hard as you can, um, yeah, you might accumulate a lot of fatigue, you might feel a lot of tension there, but there's not really much tension at all. And if you're trying to create muscle hypertrophy from just being in a push-up position and thinking about um, squeezing your chest, you're not really gonna get anywhere with that stimulus. All you're gonna do is just fatigue yourself. You'll probably get more of a core workout than anything. And you're not, you're also not uh, going through that full range of motion of your pecs by just being here and contracting. It's called an isometric contraction. So you're not getting that full range of motion um, with those fibers. So it's not going to be as optimal for muscle hypertrophy. Um, so we want to make sure when we're doing exercises that we are getting a quite large range of motion. Obviously, we want to have enough range of motion where it's safe that you're not going past the range of motion where you're going to be result in injury. For example, with like back squats, some people People may have very tight ankles, may have really tight hips and hip flexors, and they can't quite squat to full depth or squat below parallel right off the bat. And if they're trying to force it, you're going to run into some issues with lower back pain or knee pain. Um, so making sure that you are squatting to the appropriate depth um, that your body can handle at that point. Obviously, over time, your mobility is going to get better and better, and you'll be able to squat deeper and deeper. But um, people's biomechanics are definitely going to be a little bit different too. Some people can squat a little bit de uh, deeper than others. Um, but uh, yeah, also another great example for this is uh, say if you're trying to walk um, 10 miles a day to try to 
grow your quads, it is just not going to be a great stimulus to grow the quads because um, you're not going to be overloading them that much unless you were, say, uh, in a hospital bed for like multiple weeks. Walking isn't going to create enough stimulus to actually create a lot of growth in your quads. Um, but if you were, say, resting for a long time in a hospital bed and then you got off and you started doing more walking, of course, you're going to see a little bit of muscle growth in your quads. Um, but uh, yeah, doing like heavy squats or hack squats is gonna be so much more optimal for growth in your quads there and a lot more specific. Um, yeah, so that's um, all the three points that I wanted to cover about junk volume. So just to kind of summarize it and um, just to go over some things that you wanna make sure you're doing to avoid junk volume. Um, we're gonna start off with, yeah, number one is just training at loads between 30 to 85% of your one repetition max. So your one repetition max is the maximum amount of weight that you can perform with good form. So um, having between 30 to 85% of that uh, load is gonna be a good amount of weight to use. Um, and so that's gonna give you a, a rep range of between five to 30. Um, for the amount of uh, sets per muscle group per session, um, so the amount of, for example, um, exercises targeting your bicep, um, so you want to have roughly about 2 to 12 sets per muscle group per session. Um, the lower end is probably going to be for people newer to working out. The higher end is going to be to people that are a lot more advanced. So doing 12 sets, that's going to be a lot, a lot of sets. So that's uh, essentially you, you could do four different uh, exercises, three sets each, or three different exercises, four sets each. Um, and then with that being said, for training frequency per muscle group, um, you should be training about two to four exercises per muscle group uh, per week, or three to four yeah, times per muscle group per week. Um, so for example, for those larger muscle groups, the ones that take a little bit more time to recover, like your quads, um, like your chest, like even your back, um, sometimes those need to, uh, like, uh, you want to train on the lower end, so probably two, maybe three times per week. For muscle groups that are smaller, that have more, like, slow-twitch muscle fibers, um, they recover a lot faster. Like, uh, utilizing your delts, um, you can train those more frequent, your biceps, um, smaller muscles like calves and stuff can definitely be trained more frequent. Um, when it comes to um, training intensity, always training between an intensity between uh, five RIR and zero. So having possibly five reps in reserve or going to a complete failure. Um, obviously with training frequency or training intensity, you don't always wanna be going to a complete failure or you don't always want to have five repetitions in reserve. Um, a good way to periodize it and how I like to do it with most of my clients starting off with the higher end of the reps in reserve or um, I usually use RPE with my clients um, but yeah so starting off with our, our, our five and then working to uh, failure towards the end of the training block the training block can be from uh, like four weeks to six weeks um, so that's a great way to periodize your training intensity and to make sure that you aren't getting a lot of junk volume um, when it, in terms of um, Training, just yeah, making sure that you're training with full range of motion, um, with a safe range of motion too. Again, like I said with the squats, making sure that you're going as deep as you can comfortably while keeping that neutral spine, while putting the emphasis on the quads. 
Um, just like all the other exercises you're doing, having as much range of motion you can uh, without creating any pain or just uh, a lot of discomfort in that joint. Um, yeah, so that's all I got for you guys today for this podcast. If you guys are getting value from these podcasts, um, just put a comment uh, in the comment section below. Um, yeah, other than that, I hope you guys have an awesome day.